Thank you, Janet Lee. And yes, those songwriters were songwriters of songwriters. And how I always loved those songs. God must have really anointed them. And certainly he anointed you to play them. God bless you, Janet Lee. And hello out there, everybody. This is another day, another time, and another reason to go forward with the Word of God. Because in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then at some point, for a purpose and a reason, the Word was made flesh. And here we are today in this kingdom of flesh, in this land of forgetfulness. And we are on a mission to discover where we came from, who we are, why we are here on earth, what is the future, and all the things that have to do with that, the guardian angels, the reasons of the complexities and the labyrinths that we face, and how that we can avoid these umbras of darkness, and how that we can evade the forces of darkness, and be able to go forward marching like saints toward the kingdom of God. Well, today is a day. And in a way, it's like no other day, because we are going to open the scroll. We are going to dive deep, and we just want you to take a big breath before we make that deep dive so that you will be in a state of mental uh, recollection and you will be in a state of comprehension. God bless you as we go forward into this. Now, <clears throat> here's something to realize and here's something to consider. There are two sides and a lot of dimensions to this story about life on earth. And that is absolutely essential to understand. In fact, there is a, a story in uh, Genesis 25, 19 through 23, that tells that story in a certain kind of way. And it reads in Genesis 25, we'll start with 19, and these are the generations of Isaac, Abraham's son. And Abraham begat Isaac, and Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah, his wife, the daughter of Bethuel, the Syrian of Padamaram, the sister to Laban the Syrian. And Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren. You know, there's a lot of people in the world today that they are broke of spirituality. Uh, they are barren. There is a, they are like the void earth before the creation began. And they don't do anything about it. They don't, they don't seek to find. They don't knock for the door to be open. And so they remain barren. But you see that this man, Isaac, uh, he understood that if you want to ever get out of the rut, if you want to ever get out of the hole, you have got to do something about it. And one of the best ways to do something about it is to talk to God, your Father, which art in heaven. And Jesus recommended that. Jesus said, when you pray, pray after this manner. My Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we have Isaac here talking to, 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 to the Father, God, and, 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 uh, and entreating uh, God uh, that his wife, Rebecca, might conceive. 
uh, sometimes a person will say, there's nothing we can do about it. It's, it's just nature. There's nothing we can do about it. But that is contrary to the teachings of the scriptures. The Bible says you can do all, A-L-L, things through Christ who will strengthen you. And you need to believe that. And you need to believe that as we uh, obey the words uh, that uh, were of a Holy Spirit unction, uh, to hear what the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is saying to the churches. Because that is right now. That is right this moment. The Holy Spirit, the anointing of the living Holy God, is speaking through uh, this vessel who is just being used as a vessel, like a telephone, to bring you this message. And God wants you to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. And so as we go on here now, and, the, and uh, then Rebecca becomes pregnant. And the Bible says in the 22nd verse, the children struggled together within her. And she said, if it be so, why am I thus? And she went to inquire of, of the Lord. Now, sometimes uh, you will receive something from the Lord. And out of that receiving, there will be a, a conflict. And you'll feel like, how, why is this? Why, why is there the good with the bad, the bad with the good? And, and why do I feel this turmoil, uh, this opposite sides of things? Well, another thing we have to give credit to Rebecca. She went to the Father God. And she asked, asked what is going on? so that she can at least understand it. Because if you can understand something, then you can bear with it and know how to deal with it. And so the Lord said unto her in the 23rd verse of the 25th chapter of Genesis, two nations are in thy womb, and two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels. And the one people shall be stronger than the other, and the elder shall serve the younger. Now, who would ever think of ever using that kind of language? Two nations are in your womb. Two nations. And some will say, how could that be? These, even if it's twins, that's just one, two, and that's just two people. But see, God does not count like that. God has a foresight. And, and in his foresight, he calls those things that are not as though they are. And that's how he, he makes his accounting. And so when you begin to see this, that right before they're born, they are already designated. Before they, they come out of the womb, they are already designated. Two nations that are diverse, one from the other. Well, we have to understand this diversity is, is even in almost every human being. That there is an element of the, of the, the tares that were sown by Lucifer, Satan. And, and they're represented in, in our bodies. And we have to understand that we have the potential for good and we have the potential for evil. And when we ever uh, fail to, to reach that accumulation of knowledge, uh, we are depreciated uh, because of that. So as we, we come into this understanding, as we come into this, this uh, knowledge, uh, here's what you need to know. Um, what your body animal does is one thing what your spirit does is another so pray that your spirit will not be will not be in conspiracy with your body animal keep them distinctively separated 
in your mind and in your dealings of life from each other. Your, you know, your body is captive in, uh, pardon me, your body has a captive spirit and your spirit is captive in that body. And that was explained uh, in Peter uh, by a word called Tartaru. And uh, it was translated into hell, but that was not a correct translation because it actually means incarceration. And it was talking about that when the, the angels fell to the earth, when the Bible says that the tail of, the, of Lucifer cast one-third of the angels to the earth, uh, they ended up in matter or in, in bodies, and they became incarcerated in those bodies. You know, they're, they're trapped until the body ceases to be and then they are loosened <clears throat> so it's very very important then to understand that what your body does is uh, you know as an animal it is one thing and and uh you know you you uh, can very seldom not be able to train a dog or certain animals uh, to to not lick their hind end. Uh, they they just have uh, something in nature, and and it fulfills their their kind of cleanliness. But but as human beings, uh, you have an ability to be over that. Thank God. And and so uh, there are some things, however, in nature of the human being that are still animalistic the way humans treat people, the necessity for there to be a commandment to say, love your neighbor as you love yourself. That was a necessity because people were not living in that kind of a mode of thought. So those things are one thing. And then what the spirit is in you is the person that you really are, not of this world, but of the other world from which you came. And and so, unfortunately, living in this land of forgetfulness, as it describes it in the book of Psalms, is a setback because people cannot remember who they were. They cannot remember the life that they had. They cannot understand the prestigious of uh, stature that they had as angels. <coughs> and so... They go on groping about and sort of accepting their inner conflicts, uh, sort of uh, going on trying to meander through the labyrinth of life. And some of them just lose out because they don't stop to turn to the Father which art in, he in heaven and say, God, reveal to me your will for my life. So here we are today, and we want to do... Uh, a, a review. Uh, you know, last week we did Analog of Angels, or With Angels. Uh, that was number four. And uh, we talked about, you know, different things. Um, we talked about, uh, you know, that we wanted to get into the to the end of the world uh, under, uh, understanding of things. Uh, I've often quoted Matthew 24, 6. We'll be more into it later, where Jesus uh, says, after giving a list of happenings, that this is not the end. And then in 24, 7 through 8, he says, this is just, this is just the beginning of sorrows. Uh, but we're going to elaborate on that some more because I, you know, I don't want to just uh, predict what we are going to talk on in, a, in a, a subject and then, you know, not be able to get to it because of time and then not go back to it. 
And we talked about uh, do the spirits of the saints go immediately to heaven or do they remain in the cold, cold ground? And the answer we said had to be interesting because the Bible seems to display different scenarios. And that is absolutely true. And the reason there is such con confusion uh, is because there are different time segments. Uh, there are, are, are different layers uh, of understanding, the 30, the 60, the 100 fold. And the Bible says, study to show yourself a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. And he tells us that we need to know how to rightly divide the word of God. So there is the crux. There is where uh, people are missing out on rightly dividing. And they take things out of contextual order. And so they start putting things into a format of being at, at a time that it does not apply or being at a situation that it has no application. <coughs> so it's very, very important then that we get this story and we're going to get into it. And we talked about, uh, you know, uh, in addition to where does your spirit go after this life, we mentioned, uh, well, you join the blue shift, the red shift, or the white shift. We still want to cover those things. We want to do that, you know, uh, today if we can. And, uh, and um, you know, the, we, we said, can the umbra uh, force after uh, life transitions uh, still alter uh, what your destiny is. And, and you know, uh, we could just uh, slightly answer that by saying you have the power in Jesus Christ in this life and in the spirit world life to come to resist the devil because he gives you that power. And we asked the question, in the the fourth uh, uh, you know teaching of the analog of angels, how far is a guardian angel expected to go with his guardianship? Does he stand by <clears throat> after the person uh, he is guardian uh, to dies? What about regenerations? Um, you know, does the guardian angel stand by while the human spirit switches to another body? Well, the answer in that is Matthew 18.10. And it reveals that, that in heaven there is a guardian angel for, for every human being. And, and it says in there the word always, that the angel is always looking into the face of God for the answers for that person. And I think then that settles that question. Because I think that that does mean yes. Where, where, because that angel is a guardian to your spirit. And so if your spirit moves from one house to another or from one body to another, that spirit is still going to be there uh, guardian, uh, as a guardianship uh, angel. And, and it's going to go on until the last key is turned, either into the, the good resurrection or into the bad resurrection. So we're going to get into a lot of those things. And believe me, it is going to be exciting and interesting. And um, so in, now in Analog 5, that's today, uh, we mentioned in our printout uh, of the um, advertising of this meeting that we were going to discuss things about like what happens to the spirits of the human race uh, after their death. And, um, you know, we want to talk about, um, you know, uh, 
do do they go to paradise? Uh, do they go to the deepest hell? Uh, you know, and and we want to get into some of that. Uh, I mentioned already the the Tartaru, and that that it, of course is found in the Book of Peter, and um, it's uh, in fact First uh, Peter three eighteen, and uh, it's called hell there. But it really means, you know, incarceration. And, uh, oh, oh, it's interesting to talk on these things. It's so exciting that it, I just feel the spirit of it right now as I talk about it, um, you know. Uh, <clears throat> and we talked this last week about Hebrews 9.27, about the misapplication of, uh, of, uh, the, uh, uh, of, of the word there uh, by interpretation of people. Um, I may have given you the wrong scripture on that First Peter 3.18, but it is in Peter, the part that mentions the Tartaru, mentions the hell, and I'll uh, give you the definite, definiteness of that scripture. Let, this is such an important thing. Let's just go over, uh, you know, that scripture in Hebrews 9.27, because, uh, you know, if we, don't, if we don't get these things right, then... Uh, it's going to it's going to lead us at the at the fork in the road to take the wrong the, the wrong road, and we don't need any of our people taking the wrong road, uh, or any of the people that really want to find the the path of truth and that want to you know be delivered uh, from these things. So um, uh, we find that um, in this book of of uh, of uh, Hebrews, which I'm turning to. I turned to it first in in my other Bible, but I got notes in the old Bible. The old Bible's coming apart. It's just about worn out. But, you know, I I go back to it uh, and try to keep it put together. I, I have I have uh, <laughs> destroyed uh, just by reading oh dozens and dozens and dozens of uh, of uh, Bibles. And I've got a big part of them still. Okay. Um, in verse, uh, in chapter nine, tw verse twenty-three of Hebrews, it talks about in, uh, th that it was necessary. It was therefore necessary that the patterns of things in the heavens should be purified uh, with certain natural things we do, uh, liturgical or religiously speaking. Uh, you know, and um, it goes on to say that um, in verse twenty-six. Uh, now, now, once in the end of the world hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And so the lead understanding to this, the lead understanding to this next verse is uh, for the once is, is uh, you know, accentuated by the previous verse, verse 26, by saying now once in the end of the world hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. That he doesn't need to do that again. You don't need to crucify Christ afresh. And that's the, that is the, the subject that is being talked about, you know. And, and so when it says, um, and, 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 and as it is important unto men once to die, but after that the judgment. Um, and, and, you know, in the Greek and in the Hebrew, you can really play with the singular and the plural because the same word will apply to either plural or singular. But if you were to say, you know, uh, and, and, and this is because it was appointed unto the Son of Man, 
you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, Art was appointed once unto the Son of Man to die, uh, but after that, uh, he would be involved in the judgment. Um, so those things are beautiful and they're important. And I used to tell people, I'll say, okay, just say that your way that you want to use it in the King James is appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. I said, you know, even looking at it that way, then what that would mean, uh, it wouldn't mean that you only could die one time. It, it doesn't even say that. It would mean, <coughs> pardon me, that you that each life that you live, that before you go on to live another life, and and you may never live but one life. But if you do, uh, for some reason, because uh, as it teaches in Ecclesiastes that there's a time and a chance for every person, and and you know your life might get aborted for where you have a chance to. Uh, uh, to really live it out. And if that happens, uh, God will give you another chance. You will get a chance to have another life. And there's loads and loads of Bible for it. And I've preached on it. I don't have time to go into that any deeper. But then let's finish my point here. That like, uh, like uh, you live this life before you're going to go on to any other uh, life, any other position, before you are even going to go uh, into uh, any resurrection or, or uh, to heaven or to hell, you will be judged. Some, and someone says, well, that doesn't happen to the great judgment day. That's what you say. You say that you are, in, in, you are incorrect. Uh, there is going to be a general uh, judgment, but, but, there, but there's going to be uh, uh, inter interlude judgments before then. And, and the Bible is very, very clear on that. And so uh, it's like going to school. You, you, when you get out of the, of the eighth grade, before you go into the ninth grade, or from the ninth grade to the tenth grade, before you move to the next grade, you have to be assessed. And when you are assessed as to what kind of math you can go into, what kind of English you can go into, or if you can go, go into any of them without needing to go back and review your grades. And so that is an, an absolute that happens in life. And so before you know, you're going to go into a, into a judgment, uh, um, or before you're going to move into another life, pardon me, you have to go into that judgment. So that judgment is absolutely essential. And so once you understand that, uh, whoa, it just makes it so easy. And then that doesn't mean that, ju that, doesn't mean that if that, that it's appointed a man wants to, to go to the ninth grade and after that uh, he's, he's out of school. Uh, that's not what it's saying. He, he's appointed a man to go to the ninth grade, the tenth or whatever it is, or to live. And then after that, he's got to be judged for that life. And then he's judged for that life. That that makes the decision whether he's had been able to have the time to live out his full life. That's due him, or and that is has an equilibrium to all other persons, or whether uh, uh, he needs to be then uh, uh, you know uh, ascendant uh, for the good he has done, or or to descend for the bad he has done, and and that comes first uh, before you can have the next life. But it does not say here you, you can only have one life. But I've explained this to you before. Actually, when they were translating the text in Greek to Latin, uh, the Greek syntax has once before men instead of after. You know, So it, it really uh, properly reads, if it's translated correctly, uh, uh, it is appointed once unto men to die, then judgment. 
and and instead of man dying once, they they point unto men once to die. It, see, there is a difference, and I don't I don't know if you can see it or not. But instead of it is appointed unto men once to die, uh, you know, uh, it it actually say, says in the Greek sentence as syntax once before men instead of after it. So it is appointed once unto men to die, uh, then judgment. Okay, now. Uh, that's enough said on that subject. Didn't know I was going to talk that much on it for all I've got to cover and all I've got to say. But then um, let's just uh, let's just look at uh, uh, you know First John uh, three eight and nine. Uh, just to finish that up, First John three eight and nine. <coughs> okay, so first uh, First John uh, three eight and nine says this. Um, he that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin, for this for his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. So, if you are a Christian, and if you are into the transassimilation of God, then the perpetual seed that is in you, that redeems you, regardless of your sins, regardless of the thing your animal body has done, because that is one thing, it delivers you you by your spirit into this eternal life with Christ. And that is the power that enables you to go forward to, if you need to, to, to be a dignitary, if you need to... Uh, to, to uh, like as a dignitary come back for for a destiny for a purpose uh or if you haven't finished out your destiny and you need to come back uh you are able to do these things based on this inner transition and not based on the outer transition and that's why Paul was able to say there are things I do that that is not what I want to do you know, and so it is not me that does it. It is not my spirit that does it. It is my, my flesh body. And I know a lot of people have had problems with that, but there is a realistic truth to that. And, and you have to understand that. And that is the empowerment and the incredibility of the grace of Jesus Christ. And there is nothing like it in any other religion, in any other uh, ideology in the world. And, and Jesus made this deal. And there's no other deal like this in the entire planet in this world or any other world that I know of when he said, you know, here's my deal. And I'm paraphrasing it. Here's my deal. If you will not judge anybody else, if you will not judge, you will not be judged. Uh, get into Jesus Christ if you're not into Jesus Christ. Get into Jesus Christ. Praise be the name of the living God. I, I got to move. I have so much to cover. So much. Okay. So uh, um, we're going to discover that um, when the Bible uh, says uh, that some person might be better off if he was never born, um, well, that refers to the timing and the particular regeneration being a negative or perhaps a, a fateful b birth. And we see in the scriptures that I read to you in Genesis on the two nations in Rebecca, that before they were ever born, it was already decided, you see, 
that that one was of a contrary birth and the other was of a potential spiritual birth. And so those things are just the way they are. And Paul said, you can't argue with that. You can't say to the potter, hey, why did you make me this way? Or why did you make that person that way? You have to just back off and say, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because God does not judge things by, by the, uh, the nth of time of the moment. Uh, his, his forecast is that which was, that which is, and that which is to be. And so judging on that, that is how he tunes in his decision. And, and, and humans do not do that. They, they make a decision based on what something is of the moment. And, and that just doesn't work in the mind of God. So once you get into that understanding, uh, yes, someone could be in a situation like that scripture was made referring to Judas, that he had been better not to be born because he was, but the body he was born in at that time, you know, it, it, it was a, a negative. It was already in the scriptures. It was already written that he was going to do what he did. And it already was calling him the son of perdition. And, and the only way he might have have escaped that is to have been born, uh, you know, in a different kind of a family and a different kind of out, uh, out uh, view and in view. And uh, that's a deep subject and a touchy one, uh, you know, because uh, uh, there are things that have to happen in the previous life to make the difference of where you are regenerated at or, or, or who you are regenerated in. Okay, let's move on. Okay, so. Um, uh, then, you know, if we get time, we're going to still talk about the ten virgins, the talents, uh, and, uh, you know, some of those kind of, of, uh, of things. So it's, uh, it's going to be interesting. I can say that is, is the least. Praise God. Um, there is a really, really um, beautiful scripture um, in the uh, translation in the New Living Bible um, that talks about, you know, um, people going from one state to another state and the way that it is worded is Psalms 92, 13. And it says, for they are transplanted to the Lord's own house. And I just love that translation. For they are translated to the Lord's own house. Jesus said, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not true, I would have told you so. Of course, in Chinese, the word mansion can mean star or stars. And that all ties in to the gospel of the stars and the gospel of the angels and uh, who they are, who we are, and uh, from whence we came and to where we are, are and where we are headed. You know, and, and the activity of it uh, was described in uh, John 151 and also uh, in uh, the Old Testament uh, in which it was talking in Genesis about, um, you know, uh, 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 Jacob, when Jacob found Bethany and when he had the dream of angels ascending and descending. And then in John 151, uh, Jesus is speaking and he says, you know, the day is coming that you will see angels uh, 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 descending and ascending upon the Son of Man. And it is just incredible. That, that reference, by the way, in the book of, uh, about Jacob and the latter is Genesis 28, 12, verses 16 and 
verse uh, verses 12, 16, and 22. So, wow, it is, uh, it is exciting. It is just absolutely exciting. First uh, Kings 7.51 says, My name shall be there. And there's something about when you put your name somewhere that, you know, that is a representation in, in, in a virtual reality of your presence because your name incorporates who you are, what your DNA is, what your identity is, what your spiritual identity is, and you put your name there, then that is really an important thing. And sometimes your name can be even a number, or it can be a name that, that, that uh, tells a story about you. Uh, but whatever it is, it is a way, uh, as described in the the uh, book of, of Genesis, the second chapter, when there were things that were uh, not yet uh, planted, not yet growing on earth, uh, not yet in the actuality form, but that they existed in the 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 spirit of creation thought, and 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 they were already planned and plotted and you know ready to go and they just that those thoughts just had to be released uh, for there to be a materialization of those creative forms on earth and uh, the same thing with this transfer of the name my name is there put your name in the bible ladies and gentlemen put your name in all of the good things if there's anything good the bible says think on those things and put your name in all these good places, write it down mentally in your mind and say, you know, uh, I am going to live on. I'm going to have a healthy body. I'm going to have uh, an alert mind. Put your name there. It's like a landmark. Claim it. Uh, I am not giving in to the, to, the, to the pale horse rider, the spirit of death. I am not giving in uh, to sickness and disease. I'm putting my name into the health club to keep on keeping on, to go where no man may have gone before. That doesn't matter. I'm following Jesus. Hallelujah. Whoa. And so those are gorgeous, beautiful, interesting things, and uh, we um, <clears throat> have to talk about them. Okay, um, we talked about, you know, in Hebrews 7, 6 through 7, how that it describes Melchizedek as being greater than Abraham. And we know there are all of these different bosoms. And uh, there's, you know, the three that we'll get into. We talked about it last week. And uh, that Abraham is great. He's, he's a great, great, great uh, uh, man uh, of the past. Uh, but he's not as great as Melchizedek. And uh, Melchizedek is the king of righteousness, which makes him a singularity with Jesus Christ. And we talked about seven, uh, chapter 7, 3 of Hebrews where it lists and it says uh, Melchizedek was without father or mother. And we said that didn't mean he never did have a father, he never did have a mother, but that he had no genealogy here on earth that he referenced himself to because his genealogy was the father's house and, and that was where his genealogy was posted. And, uh, and then we mentioned that his priesthood is an everlasting priesthood. You know, it's not ever going to stop. So it's, it's, it's separated from the Abrahamic priesthood. And it's like those two nations that I mentioned were born in one womb, came out of one, one womb. You know, there's the Abrahamic, uh, you know, covenant, and there's the Melchizedek covenant. There's the Abrahamic bosom, and, and, and there's uh, the Father's bosom, which incorporates the Melchizedek theme. So um, 
Um, you know, uh, and 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 the Bible says in uh, Hebrews seven twenty four that the Melchizedek uh, uh, covenant and priesthood is an everlasting priesthood. And how do we know these things? Well, in Hebrews um, eight ten it says that uh, the, the laws are written in the mind and in the heart uh, of of people. And in the cha- tenth chapter of Romans it says uh, we know these things because the sound of the of that truth of that word has gone throughout the entire universe. And as it says in uh, in Psalms nineteen, there is no place that exists that that sound of language of the truth has not been heard, that that line of measurement of truth has not, uh, has not uh, crossed. It, it is the word of God. It is the living word of God. It is the real word of God. And he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Okay. And um, <clears throat> then we know in Hebrew 8, 6, uh, uh, and and also there was something mentioned like this in Peter about there being a more excellent, uh, uh, excellent uh, ministry or a more excellent word, you know. And uh, so we're going to get into all those things. Now, the big thing that we reiterated, we had, we had talked about this in some teachings in the past, the Sons of Thunder. Uh, we read in Mark 3, 13 through 19, how that actually how that actually uh, all the uh, apostles uh, were into the um, uh, Arturian thing of the Sons of Thunder. Okay, we're going to take a break right now. Janet Lee is going to play.
Again, thank you, Janet Lee. That was absolutely beautiful. I just love that playing by the spirit style that you have. <clears throat> okay, so we talked about the Sons of Thunder. <clears throat> so it's important, the subject of the Sons of Thunder, you cannot minimize it. You must not lessen it. <clears throat> Some people might challenge this um, Mark three thirteen through 19 interpretation. But if you want to do that, you just go ahead and challenge it. But there's lots of, lots of things in the Bible that make the same point, whether you take that particular interpretation or not, uh, of uh, Boanerges. Uh, here's the thing. <clears throat> In Joshua 19, 40 through 4 and 45, it talks about this person. And his name actually meant sons of lightning. So this idea of the sons of thunder, the sons of lightning, has been around a long time. That, that's written about in the book of Joshua. And, and so uh, <clears throat> Peter was the only person who, did, who was not named uh, of the 12 disciples as a son of thunder. <clears throat> Excuse me so much. Sorry. Okay. So uh, it, it's really beautiful because, you know, it names the, the two sons and then it just goes on, uh, including all the rest of the disciples. And, and uh, you know, uh, it, this is a thunderbolt revelation. It really is. And, and it's, uh, it's a voice of archangel uh, revelation. Uh, it, it's, it's something that God is showing us to, to be able to take us on up the road in a more certain ministry, in a more certain word uh, of, of um, direction, and uh, we cannot uh, drop it. We cannot let it go. <clears throat> it talks about, uh, in Psalm seventy-seven, eighteen, the voice of thunder was in the heaven, uh, and it talks about the lightnings lighted the world, and um, the sons of thunder are are talked about like in Psalms 81.7, the secret place of thunder. In the book of Revelation, you got lots. Revelation 6.1, Revelations 14.2. Uh, you, you've just you know got so much. And what it's really about, like in this Psalm 77.18, you know, the voice of thy thunder was in the he in heaven, and, and the lightnings lighted the world. And then you could read in Job 37, 2 through 5, and Revelations 10, 1 through 8, about the seven thunders. And you can read about the voice of God and, and how that it is involved in the elements and how that it, it, it is made so that it's available to anybody once they can have a breakthrough, knock on the door and have it open. Isaiah 30, uh, verses 30 through 32. So this is voice print evidence. <clears throat> And First Thessalonians four sixteen through seventeen, as I read last week, the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel. And uh, this thing with the angels is not minor; is not minor, ladies and gentlemen. It is major, 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 major. Okay, so uh, just uh, keep all these things in mind, and keep all these things in mind in First Thessalonians five twenty one that it says be able to prove all things. So we're, given, uh, we're using the Bible as evidence, 
and uh, using the Bible, you know, to to make uh, the proof. Because what other, uh, what better kind of proof is there than that? If we're going to go on the Word based on our belief in salvation, then we should be able to go on the Word as our basis for proof. <clears throat> We talked about the dignitaries that are mentioned in Jude 1, 8, and, and 14, and 2 Peter 2, 10, uh, you know, and uh, we talked about um, how that uh, there is a plan that is developing over the long term uh, for creating exalted human bodies called dignitaries, and, and this is really a fall upwards, and... Um, um, we we uh, and I, earlier I talked to you about um, the guardians, uh, how that that these guardians are with a person to the end. Well, some of these dignitaries become guardians, and uh, and that story is in Matthew eighteen ten of the guardianship of the angels, and uh, Matthew seventeen two talks about the transfiguration of Christ, and and. Uh, and there is a uh, you know uh, a connection there in Michael five two, and uh, and in Psalm sixty seven one, it just is so, oh, so full of Bible scriptures, you know, it is it, it just so absolutely uh, beautiful, you know, so uh, there has been in the past, and there is going on now, where where you know people have been un unawares of the angels that have even saved their life and that have been a presence to them and their family uh, without having any credit uh, from the people that they've saved because their guardian angels, you know, are looking over them and protecting them. And it's so important to be able to have that understanding and to, and to be able to give credit uh, to the angels where credit is due. I'm going to hurry here because I haven't even gotten to the message yet. We've talked about this different times. But it's very important because we keep having new people join us, and, and we're getting quite a few new people now. So we need to remember these things. And even some of the people that have listened to, to us for a long time, they, it, it does them good to rehear these things. You know, the sons of, of God's star angels or gods, you know. And uh, <clears throat> we, we see that um, a star can represent an entity, an angel. Um, Revelations 9, 1, a star falls to earth and is given the key to the bottom of the pit. The star is then described as an angel. Um, Revelations 22, 8 through 9, an angel describes himself as a fellow servant, no doubt a dignitary. Uh, then you have, all the, you have the three groups of angels, the seraphim, the sixth wing, winged angel, uh, described in the Bible uh, as, you know, the sixth winged angel. And, uh, and then you have the, uh, the, the cherubims, and you have the ophidims, so that's one, two, three, and each three, each being a third, and uh, one third of them falls because the dragon's tail uh, cast them to the earth. We'll get into that here in a little bit, uh, some more. And um, we see how the stars in their courses fought uh, for people uh, on the earth, even in their battles. And it's not talking about the literal stars. It's talking about stars that are symbolic of, of, of uh, angels. And um, uh, we, we, we see that... that uh, there are just all these different stories in Job 38.7. talks about when the morning stars sang together for joy. Uh, 
in uh, Job, uh, uh, pardon me, Psalms 148.3. Now, the first, the, the first one I quoted before that was Job 38.7, when the morning stars sing together for joy. Psalms 148.3, uh, praise him, you stars of light. It's talking to you. Uh, Psalms 147.4, he telleth the number of the stars, and that has a very spiritual significance. Uh, compare that to Revelations 5.11. Um, and Isaiah 14.13, thy thrones, thy throne is above the stars of heaven, uh, or that was what Lucifer wanted to do. He wanted to set his throne above the stars of heaven, uh, and that was his drago, uh, or, or dragon revelation. And um, so there's just on and on and on. It talks in Jude 13 about the wandering stars. Uh, it talks about the seven stars, the seven angels in Revelations 120. Uh, it talks about uh, the stars of heaven uh, fell to the earth in Revelation 6, 13. Um, it, it, it is just uh, exciting. And and uh, there's no end to the the importance of knowing that this is the language of the Bible. This is the language of the Bible. In Numbers twenty four seventeen. There shall come a star out of Jacob, uh, prophesied the coming of Christ, and the star no doubt came out of a star, which was uh, Jacob. Um, Matthew two two. We have seen his star in the east. Twenty two sixteen of Revelations, the bright and morning star. First Thessalonians four sixteen. The Lord Himself shall, de uh, shall descend from heaven with a shout, the voice of an archangel. Second uh, uh, Thessalonians one seventeen. The Lord shall be revealed from heaven with His mighty angels. Um, this is beautiful. Psalms forty five seven. Thou lovest righteousness and hate, hateth wickedness. Therefore, God, thy God, has anointed thee with oil of gladness above thy fellows. And um, uh, there are just so so many uh, of these that is 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 incredible. Okay, now we're getting on. We're ready to get on to the message for today, uh, which will still uh, give some of the interpretations. Uh, of those subjects uh, that were in uh, number four and and today number five that were pre that were said to be spoken about as I sent out that uh, that uh, offer of information of the announcement of today's teaching. Now here's a really really interesting uh, scripture. It really verifies some of the things we've been teaching. Okay, Second Chronicles two six. Second Chronicles two six. Okay. Now here's what it says. This is King James. But who is able to build him a house, meaning God? Who is able to build God a house? Seeing the heaven now notice the definite article, the heaven, and the heaven of heavens cannot contain him. Now there is a distinct of difference made between the heaven and the heaven of heavens. Now, the heaven of heavens, we call it the first domain. That is the spiritual realm. That is the pure energy spirit of realm, spirit realm. And, and uh, that is the heaven of heavens. <coughs> All of the other heavens are universal heavens. So when it says here, who is able to build him a house, seeing that the heaven, and it's talking about my father's house in the 14th chapter of John, and then 
is talking about the the everlasting, never-ending, perpetual uh, spirit uh, heaven, the heaven of heavens, the heaven above all heavens. So now, because we have that clearly, uh, you know, defined and and clearly um, set into a solid definition, <coughs> a definition that um, really cannot be challenged, that there is both the aspect of that which is the eternal house where God abides in his loftiness and ultimate heavenly spiritualness. That is the first domain, the spirit spirit heaven. But that he also has a a special the heaven. That doesn't mean there are not other heavens. Because in uh, the first chapter of Genesis, verse 8, God calls in his creation of the earth the firmament, which is like the sky and the atmospheres. He calls that heaven. Now, it, it is no doubt beautiful that it said that because it is that oxygen that even when you know the rapture takes place, we're there. We're going to have a meeting in the air, A I R, oxygen, and so no doubt that those worlds that um, that have oxygen and they develop with oxygen instead of some other kind of uh, of uh, deep uh, concentrated uh, element uh, gas. Um, these uh, have a higher physical potential for state of life. And so in that sense, it is a, you know, lower type of heaven. But the fact that, you know, like a heaven on earth, this opportunity, this potentiation uh, by co because of this oxygen uh, kind of a heaven uh, and, and allows in the physical sense those persons to achieve, to arrive to a higher type of mental alertness and spiritual alertness. So um, uh, you've got then uh, this, you know, lower heaven, which is mentioned in Genesis 1-8, and then you've got the heaven, uh, which is mentioned uh, as a place for a house. And then, of course, that's the very description that Jesus calls it, in my Father's house, which is a literal planet uh, and is a literal heaven uh, that is uh, in this galaxy in which we live. And then there is, uh, you know, as I said, the heaven of heavens. So it is so beautiful to 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 come into this, and then there is Second uh, Corinthians five one says that if this house, be calling our body a house, were dissolved, we would have a house not made with hands, eternal in in the heavens, and and so you know we have this revelation that that when this physical body is disposed or when it is is changed uh, to another transfiguration. Uh, uh, or when we just first are moved there, ascending there by spirit, whichever direction and the way that we we uh, go our, to to leave and to arrive, uh, uh, allows us to have this uh, uh, opportunity for for the one the living here on this earth, a lower type of heaven, the living in the Father's house, 
obviously a much higher type of physical heaven, and then ultimately, when the when the universe is rolled together as a scroll, uh, then going into the inf infinitude of the heaven of heavens, the spiritual realm. Okay, so that scripture, don't lose that. Second Chronicles two six, but who is able to build him our house, seeing the heaven, definite article, and the definite article, heaven of heavens, cannot contain him. Wow, I love it. <laughs> I love it. Whew. Ah, goodness. And, um, all right. Uh, now, we'll just move on. Um, we we, we want to talk about uh, after death, where does the spirit go? Uh, uh, you know, uh, what is paradise? What is the uh, soul sleep? Uh, <clears throat> we know that the word sleep is sometimes used in the Bible to mean death, but not 100%. And uh, we know there's strange things that happened. Uh, the, the, any of these people that think you can only live and, you know, you can only, you live once and you die once, they, they don't even believe in the Bible, you know, because uh, Lazarus uh, in Luke 16, 22, he was, he was raised from the dead. And um, then there were several uh, individual persons that were in coffins being carried to be buried and Jesus intercepted them and raised some of those people from the dead. And um, we could go on and on and on with, with many uh, situations, even in Ezekiel, where there was this, this vast uh, graveyard of bones. And, uh, and the, this, these were the parts of people from Israel and so forth, and they were all resurrected again. And uh, wow, um, it, it, it's, it's just in the Bible. And you can make all kinds of excuses and so forth, but the facts are the facts. And as you see, we'll see as we go forward how important that those are. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> um, now, um, there are places that the good souls go. There are places that the bad souls go. And we're going to get into that. And then we're going to get into it just in a little bit here, you know. So um, we, we need to uh, really concentrate now, folks. You need to really concentrate as I get into the, this deep dive that we're getting ready to go into, you know. Um, First off, people, you know, I've said and taught this before, you know, people say, well, I, I want to be saved because I want eternal life. But you, you're going to have eternal life whether you get saved or not because we are fallen angels and we, we, we've been made to be eternal. And, and so you're either going to have eternal life with the Lord Jesus Christ or you're going to have eternal life in hell. But you're still going to be eternal whether you're in hell or whether you are in heaven. So th that verifies and proves uh, this thing about who we really are, and we are quite different, you know, from the animals, of course, because the Bible says the spirit of the animals go downward, which means they're temporal, and the spirit of the, uh, the, the you know, and, and the spirit of man goes upward. So the spirit of the beast is downward, the spirit of man is upward, and one is eternal, one is not eternal, but, but, but this spirit of man is eternal, and, and you need to understand that. Okay, so, wow. <laughs> Let me move on. Uh, 
Um, there are people that, um, in Matthew 22, 23, 29, 32, Matthew 22, verses 23, verse 29, 32, uh, you know, Jesus rejects the idea of uh, of becoming a non-corporal spirit. Uh, you know, people that teach, uh, you know, only the spirit aspect, that you come back, you can only come back in spirit. There is that reality, but there are many instances in which people do come back in a fleshly body. And that's why Jesus says, see my flesh, feel my wounds, uh, you know. And, um, uh, and, and so uh, the... 1 Corinthians 15 through 20 says Christ becomes the first fruits of those who fell asleep. So we do know that there are a group who are under that idea of those that fall asleep. You know, uh, the scriptures do say, though, that our spirits go to heaven. Uh, Psalms 146.4. And um, that is, uh, you know, an, an important uh, scripture that you can look at and uh, really think about. And there's some other scriptures. We're going to get into them. 1 Corinthians 15 through 32, Romans 6, 30, uh, pardon me, Romans 6, 3 and 4. And uh, wow, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting. Um, spirits go to heaven. Also Ecclesiastes 9, 5 through 6. Okay, now... <laughs> Let's start off by talking about a better resurrection. How many of you out there would like to have a better resurrection? Someone says, oh, is there a choice? Well, in um, Hebrews 11.35, uh, it says, the women received their dead raised to life again. There were some people that, that uh, they would not accept death for their loved ones. And by their special in, in interception and their special prayers, uh, they they received their their dead raised to life again. But in other situations, there were those who were tortured for the for their faith of God in God. And uh they didn't uh, elect to give in to their torturers uh uh because uh they were accepting uh they were not accepting that kind of a, of uh, a deliverance just to be able to continue living but living under those rules that they objected to uh so they gave themselves um to the torture and 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 to the death uh so that they might obtain a better resurrection so we have to look at that scripture and we have to say, whoa, what in the world does that mean? What in the Bible does that mean? Uh, that if um, they had um, said, this pain's too great, this suffering is too much, uh, okay, I'll give in, I'll accept what, what your terms are, uh, they would have had a resurrection. But it wouldn't have been the same kind of resurrection that they were going to have by refusing to give in, by absolutely rejecting their torturers, and 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 then dying, uh, they were given a better resurrection. And you know, what is the difference of that better resurrection? Well, it's manifold. There's all these different places, as you'll see, that the spirits are potentiated that they could go to. 
And the difference of where you go makes a difference of how you how you lived and how you died. And and so uh we we want to you know talk about these things. Colossians 2:12 talk about a special kind of uh of uh death and resurrection uh resurrection um uh in Colossians 2:12 uh, it talks about being buried with Christ. And the same thing is verified in Romans 6, 4, being buried with Christ. And we understand that uh, there, uh, Paul talked about a baptism for the dead so that, so that uh, you know, people that were not uh, baptized um, could be baptized by somebody else, by proxy. Someone says, oh, I can't accept that. I can't believe that. You have a problem with the Bible then, don't you? Because the Bible does teach that. In 1 Corinthians 10, 2, it says Israel was baptized to Moses in the cloud. So in the cloud of all the froth and the, and the moisture that went up from the dividing of the Red Sea, it came down over the, the people as they went across on the dry earth to cross over to safety on the other side of the Red Sea. And they were baptized into Moses, and Moses was standing in proxy of the Lord, and he said, there's, a, there's another one that's going to come like unto me, which he was referring to Jesus Christ. And so he was in proxy of the Lord, and, and so therefore that baptism was unto the Lord through Moses. And, and uh, they, he, he, he was, you know, um, uh, in, uh, you know, the one of whom the scripture says in 1 Corinthians 10, 2, Israel's baptism was baptized unto Moses in the cloud. And so uh, this baptism of the dead is not out of line. It is Bible, 1 Corinthians 15, 29, in which those people that haven't been baptized a certain way, the uh, book says in, in the Gospel of John, or it's either the Gospel of John or one of the, the, the books of John, um, that you can ask anything you will except, you know, something that is, except for someone that has sinned against the Holy Spirit. But for all other cases, for all other cases, you can make a partition and you can pray for those souls. They may be family related. They may be friend related. Uh, they may just be someone God's put a burden on you for. And you can make a petition for them and God will grant your petition. And that is a prayer for the dead. And that is a way of raising them up to give them a better resurrection. And it's, it's incredible. It's far out, but it's Bible. And I thank God for his eternal mercy and his love because uh, <laughs> it is incomparable to anything else. Wow, praise the name of the Lord. <clears throat> So, yes, there is a scripture in in Second uh, uh, Corinthians, and we might just turn to it real fast. Five eight, Second <coughs> Corinthians five eight, uh, talks about us uh, being, uh, you know, forever with the Lord, and uh, and that's that is interesting. Here's what it says: We are confident, I say, and rather willing to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. And uh, uh, that is just one aspect of it. Uh, we'll get into other parts of it. But the one uh, sometimes initiates the other. Um, being absent from the body uh, 
is sometimes an absolute of being present with the Lord. Because the Bible says, flesh and blood can not inherit the kingdom of heaven. <clears throat> so if this particular heaven, the heaven that it's being referred to, cannot accept the body that you have, because it's like in the two nations, it's a body that's that's got too much defect in it. It's a body that's got too much, you know, uh, uh, too many problems that are a constant uh, uh, cause of prohibition, and and uh, so uh, it needs to have a different initiation. Uh, uh, you need to have a different initiation of life, and and we're going to talk about that just in a little bit, um, and and uh, you know. Uh, We've known Christ after the flesh, regardless of what our flesh is. But the Bible says in the 17th verse of the 5th chapter, 2 Corinthians, uh, but then, you know, those old things will pass away, we'll become a new creature, and we will, we will uh, know Christ, uh, you know, uh, henceforth after the flesh no more. So there's a, there is a time which we do not know Christ after the flesh, but we only know Christ after the Spirit. That is also in the 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 uh, chessboard of these uh, strategic uh, plays of life. So, um, wow, Whew. it's it's interesting, it's exciting. Uh, let me just keep moving here. I've got so very much to <coughs> to understand. So, it has been said that the spirit world is divided into two parts: paradise on one side, prison on the other side. That isn't just a hundred percent correct but it has some aspects to it, you know. And uh, <coughs> we, uh, we, you know, we have to shed pain. We have to shed our uh, negativity. Uh, and we have to understand, Second Corinthians 1, nine, that the sentence of death is written within us. The moment we are born, we start our journey toward death. Uh, but there is a way of overcoming that, uh, because our spirit is our higher self, and once we are freed from the high, high, from the human body, uh, you know we begin to move uh, into a a vast array of spiritual uh, waves of, of the of the of the glories of the Lord, and so um, let's keep that in mind. Okay, let's get into the colors of the resurrection. I'll move through this fast. Purple. Okay and what purple represents as one of the uh, the colors of the resurrection. Uh, Jesus um, and the purple robe. They put on him a purple robe. Uh, then after that followed the cross, and after that followed the resurrection. Now, that is verified in John 19, 2 and 5, Luke 16 and 19, and Mark 15 and 17. And it has a parallel to the Old Old uh, Testament, because in Exodus 26, 1, uh, the curtains of the Ark of the Covenant were blue, purple, and scarlet. Exodus 26, 31, the veil was uh, was a blue, purple, and scarlet. Uh, uh, 26, uh, 36 of Exodus, the hangings for the door of the tent was blue, purple, and scarlet. <coughs> Exodus 27:16, the gate uh, court hangings blue, purple, scarlet. Exodus 28:4 and 8, 
the garments, the ephod, the robe, the coat, the girdle, the mitre, uh, were blue, purple, and scarlet. And in Numbers 4.13, uh, a purple cloth was used to cover the altar. In, in uh, Canticles uh, 3.10, um, the uh, pillars were covered with purple. So we see that this purple uh, had a, a royal priesthood uh, consideration <coughs> and that it was um, it was represented with uh, Jesus and his crucifixion and his resurrection so that we are going to categorize the the resurrection color purple as being that particular uh, ascribed to understanding that this is the resurrection to the father's house to our Torah and and uh, it is uh, different from uh, some of the other resurrections. And we're going to get into those right now. Now we've got purple down. And then red, okay? Um, you know, um, Hebrews 11.29 says, By faith Israel, uh, Israelites passed through the red, the red Sea. So um, the Red Sea was sometimes also called the Reed Sea. But even the word reed had the word, had the, had the, the words of of uh, R E D in it, of red in it. Uh, however, you want to look at that. However, you want to stretch it or reduce it or whatever. But uh, Acts seven thirty six speaks of the signs and the wonders done in the Red Sea. Pharaoh's army died in the Red Sea. Psalms one thirty six thirteen through fifteen. And uh, even though sometimes it's called a, a sea of weeds or 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 reeds, uh, it still has the the reference of the 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 sea, uh, you know, uh, the Red Sea, and um, uh, the color of red, of blood is red, so that is worth thinking about. And the idea of the reed uh, is, uh, uh, you know, like like uh, the kind of uh, paper that they made out of that uh, papyrus uh, paper. Uh, it was used for writing and making scrolls and things like that. So it, it did, does have a place. But I guess most important of all uh, as to distinctive uh, application of where this is representing, um, you know, is that uh, Revelations 12.3 mentions the great red dragon. And it was the dragon's tail that drew and cast down to earth one-third of the stars of heaven. And so we see that this red is configurative in a negative side of things. Uh, for instance, Abel, uh, when he was killed by Cain, uh, you know, his blood uh, cried out from the ground. Red blood cried out. And so uh, we, we need to understand Revelations 11.1, 1, uh, the temporal, temp, uh, the temple is measured with a reed like a rod, uh, and uh, Revelation twenty one fifteen through sixteen, uh, it was also used to measure the city and the walls and the foundation. Uh, so this red, we're going to call this, you know, red the um, the rever the res resurrection uh, of the of the people to the. Um, to the Asia Major, which is the Big Dipper, 
and the revelation of Abraham's bosom. This is the Abraham bosom revelation. And uh, that the, uh, the purple um, um, is, uh, as I first said, the resurrection that applies to the um, that that apply that applies uh, to the the father's house. Now, uh, this red resurrection is a split resurrection. Some people go to the Abraham's bosom because they have not finished their time, and they have not uh, finished what uh, they need to be regenerated for. But another part of those people, uh, they they go into, you know, uh, sort of like a um, uh, 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 an additional prison. Of course, they've already been in a prison, which is their body. Uh, but they they go into the different kinds of hold, holds, uh, H-O-L-D-S holds from the sleeps to to these kind of of uh, different, uh, like you know, lower uh, paradise, uh, which is actually uh, uh, upper uh, paradise of of Hades. We'll we'll get into that in just a little bit. <clears throat> so the red is 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 divided, but mostly it is negative. Then the white, the white is definitely uh, a color of uh, resurrection. Uh, the the judges uh, in Judges five ten it speaks of the of the the white asses that the the prophets rode uh, to go minister in those days. Um, Daniel talks of this ancient uh, uh, person that was obviously like. God dressed in a garment white as snow uh, in, 11, in Daniel 11.35 talks about uh, to purge them to make them white even to the time of the end uh, then there are just all kinds of other scriptures uh, you know Jesus transfigured uh, uh, his face and garments turned white Matthew 17.2 uh, the angel rolls uh, the stone away he's dressed in white raiment uh, Matthew 11, uh, or pardon me, Matthew 28 and 3, um, and it talks about, uh, you know, uh, all these others, the angels uh, that went into the, the uh, sepulcher had uh, had long white uh, garments, uh, Matthew uh, 16, 5, and, um, and then, um, uh, well, no, that, uh, pardon me, that was Mark 16, 5. And then uh, the transfiguration, the transfiguration uh, 929 uh, uh, talks about the white. And John 435 talks about white uh, uh, harvest. Uh, the angels uh, in, in uh, the tomb uh, were dressed in white. Uh, Mark, uh, uh, pardon me, John 2012. <laughs> I hope I'm not getting some of these scriptures messed up here for you. Uh, the white uh, garments of the angels was John 4:35, and then the the white uh, uh, garment in the tomb of the angel 20:12, John 20:12, and we could just go on. You know, there's Acts 1:10, Revelations 1:14, Revelations 2:17, 3, 4. Uh, and through five and verse eighteen, all about the white garments. Uh, you know, Revelations four four, elders sitting in white, uh, the white horse. Uh, Revelation six two, um, Revelation six one, uh, white robes to the overcomers. 
uh, seven nine, a multitude that can't be numbered, uh, with white robes, seven nine, uh, verses uh, that were in Revelation seven nine and verses nine thirteen fourteen. And then there's uh, Revelations fourteen fourteen, the white cl uh, cloud that the Son of Man sets on, and uh, uh, Revelations fifteen six, angels come out of the temple dressed in white, and the Lamb's wife to be dressed in white, white horse army, the great white throne. So we have now the purple, the red and the white uh, resurrection statuses. And um, <clears throat> obviously, um, the white is going to be divided between two different ministries. The one that is the Abrahamic bosom ministry, and the other that is the Melchizedek uh, bosom of the father ministry. And... Uh, that is just the way that it is in the reality of the scriptures. Is there such a thing as going into the deep sleep? Yes. That's going to happen around the the time of the tribulation, the Bible teaches. I'm really running out of time, but I, I'm going to go over time because I want to just share some of these things. And 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 Paul referenced it and he says, We shall not all sleep. Some people are going to be caught away. So uh, he's not just saying there, we shall not all die. He's, he's really saying, we shall not all go to be in the, in the sleep. But some of us are going to be resurrected. We're going to be taken a different way. We're going to be caught up with the Lord. We're going to you know, be with him instead of being in this sleep and have to go through other regenerations. And so the Bible is very evident in all these comparatives of these different colors and how that uh, they can sometimes be specifically uh, directed to one type of resurrection, but other times it can be like that scripture I gave to you in Genesis, Genesis about Rebecca, and she had both two nations in her womb, and so that th th these things they they separate, they split out, and one can go one way or one can go the other. By the same token, even those that seem to have a negative format are not guaranteed to be lost or guaranteed for eternal hell uh, because that is just one generation, one regeneration or one birth. And they will yet maybe have uh, another or several other regenerations, which could then in the long term of things and in the way that, that God accounts things, uh, bring them to a different uh, uh, supposition. So, you know, um, uh, the resurrection, the sleep. Uh, we, we can we can see that that there is an incredible aspect of that, uh, you know. And I had thought for sure I would get into this because I have the most fascinating, astounding uh, uh, aspect of teachings. Uh, they are just sheer revelations. But you know what? Uh, I think we'll uh, we'll stop here shortly because uh, we. It, it, if I open it up, it would take me another thirty minutes just to even finish a segment.
and uh, and I'm going to get into the resurrection called the sleep, the resurrection of the body, and the resurrection of the times, and how all these things affect these three different kinds of, of resurrection and, and the, the scriptures for it. I'm going to get into a, a, a deeper reveal, and it is ever beautiful, uh, of the, the, the dippers, uh, big dipper, little dipper revelation uh, of these uh, bosoms. Uh, I'm going to show you uh, very specifically from the Bible some scriptures uh, that are just absolutely astounding and, uh, and about the different sheep, fo sheep folds. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get into that. Uh, I, I intend to, uh, to show you uh, the Big Dipper and the Little Dipper in the Bible, where, where they're really represented, uh, the Asia, Major Asia, Asia Minor. I'm gonna sh I, I want to show all that to you. I intended to do it this time if I had time, but I'm looking here at uh, at least another teaching to, to, to finish this, and I don't know if I could finish it in one more teaching. There's just so much. But uh, uh, I, I'm going to talk about the Catholics' uh, purgatory, um, you know, and how that death is not the end of life or chance. Um, I, I want to talk about... Uh, uh, the teachings I've done on the on the residue that is left on the spirit uh, from the body life, and 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 how that the state of mind uh, is a uh, sympathetic action of direction, um, on and on and on. But you know what? I think we have to stop right there, and I think we have to thank God for His Word, and. I'm, I've been thinking about the possibility of, I don't know if it'll be next week or the week after, but about having two teachings on a Sunday. Do the first teaching, take a break for maybe lunch or something or an hour or two, and come back and do an, another teaching in the afternoon so that we can really catch up and sort of finish some of these subjects with a certain amount of continuity of those points to other points. And uh, that could even happen next week. Uh, we'll let you know in our announcement whether that be the case or not. Um, and then we haven't forgotten about this journey we're going to take you on, uh, the energy dot, uh, trip uh, all of the way to the, to the always and uh, through the different universes. And uh, wow, that's coming. That, that is coming. This, uh, this, remember, this thing about the angels. Angels are involved in all these things that I've said. They were involved in the resurrection big time. They're involved in the wearing of the colors. They, they are totally involved and intertwined with this thing about, about the salvation of souls as they are representatives of Jesus Christ. So it's really important that we are bringing to an enlivenment and an, and an enlightenment of the analog with angels. God bless you. God loves you. May his spirit of healing come upon you today. And I really appreciate when you make your comments on our blogs and posts. It's important to me. God bless you.